Beautiful people, welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man. Not sure yet if I'm part of hashtag we want Cody. We'll we'll debate that here shortly. Duke Russo, and I am joined by the divine voice himself, who I don't know whether he belongs to hashtag we want Cody or not. What's up, man? What's going on, man? And I'd say... Hashtag we want Cody, man. Like just just as we intro the show, you miserable people. Yes, we are feeling potentially we just as miserable as the world is with uh, this randomness that occurred on this evening's SmackDown. What the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I just I, I'll run through the segment just to get the the details of it out of the way and we're gonna fucking spiral down this staircase here <laughs> um, along with Cody's career. <laughs> um, all right, so it starts off, we got Roman entering. One's up in the air, y'all. Uh, he enters with the remnants of the bloodline, him, Jim, and, and Solo, as well as the wise man. Uh, first thing he's got to do, he's got to address the comments that Seth made. His his little bro, Seth, as he calls him, the crowd is silent. He's like, exactly, no pop. That was that was a great, like, uh, spontaneous moment on on Roman Reigns, which is why he he is the tribal chief. Um, says ultimately, Seth's belt is the winner of the loser bracket. He can go around saying this is the belt, all he wants or whatever, but. The tribal chief did beat all of them, did he not? He did. Uh, Seth's walking around trying to say he's the guy. He ain't the guy for as long as he's running around wearing Becky's wardrobe. Wants to call himself the workhorse, but he broke his back three months in trying to carry a show. He does a little uh, gimped impression of Seth. Uh, and, And yes, we'll get it out of the way. Roman works less than Seth. Ten times less, in fact. But he also gets paid ten times more. So, to put it plainly, you want Seth Rollins money or you want Tribal Chief money? Cody, however, is dumb and doesn't care about money. He's got values and shit. So he'll break it down real simple so Cody can understand. You can either be the very best number two in the industry or take a crack at number one again. This is when Cody enters. Uh, he, he says that he imagined this conversation being somewhat more private, which I found weird because there's no fucking way this conversation would ever be private. This is the WWE. This is how it works. So he asks Roman if they can have the ring to themselves. Uh, Roman dismisses Solo and Jim. Heyman stays because whatever, he's harmless, sort of. Um, Cody asked a lot of people how he should handle this. What, what? he should do in this process he already beat Roman essentially Roman cheated his way out of it but Roman knows that he already had Roman Seth made a lot of amazing points in in his little uh, uh, selling point but he disagrees he being Cody with that title being the Hollywood title he said it's also the Bruno San Martino title It's also the title that Dusty had in his hands at Madison Square Garden before it was taken away. Cody still wants that title. So, what is finishing the story? Is it taking that title, or is it taking everything from Roman Reigns? He wants that title, and he wants to take that title, and he's still coming for Roman, but not at WrestleMania. When taking counsel on what he should do, He talked to somebody who knows Roman very well. If you smell, and we get The Rock coming out. All that really happens is Rock and and Cody hug. Cody leaves the ring, and then there's an extended stare down between uh, Rock and Roman as the show goes off the air. There is a video running around. I don't know if WWE actually posted or not. Rock does address the crowd afterwards after they go off of the air but he doesn't really say anything of note or significance he just kind of uh you know plays uh, face shit plays up the crowd birmingham alabama whatever no, it nothing really came of it but yeah uh apparently cody is not finishing the story at wrestlemania and instead we're getting rock versus roman at wrestlemania wow 
So I was online quite a bit. Um, I was, I was, my thumb was scrolling a lot more frequently than it has been, especially in the year 2024. And I saw a lot of things online, a lot of fan booking from throughout the IWC, as you know, some may call it. And it's kind of got me thinking when this happened, I was kind of numb to it. First off, Roman just absolutely shitting on this other belt. Like, hold on, let me let me let me backtrack. Let me backtrack it. They they kind of set this up throughout the show. They got Cody out there. People were online memeing saying that they, Cody had to bring his emotional support dog because he knew it was gonna happen. And like they, that's I mean, you see Cody backstage petting his dog and shit. And I'm like, maybe he did, right? I'm I don't know. But like that that's just excessive that they out here doing shit like that. Um and then they, you know, kind of hype up throughout the night. Cody, and he won this, and he's going to Mania, and who's he going to choose, and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, well, first off, Cody says he wants Roman, but not at Mania. It doesn't work like that, Roman. Like, I, Somebody needs to read this contract from winning this shit. Like, it's just, that's not how it works. I, I don't remember it ever working like that. I don't know why you'd give your spot up to homeboy. He can literally like wrestle any this fool anytime, anywhere. Should have been Australia, but I guess homeboy didn't want to do that. Nobody cares. Like I, honestly, I'm such like a big rock fan, and now like I'm not. It's just weird now. And what the hell? Now we can't even care about this other belt. It would have been nice if Cody came out here and was like, maybe Seth was right, and. Maybe that is the Dusty Belt. And then Cody winning it would have uplifted the World Heavyweight Championship even higher because Cody made everything about winning this belt. But actually, the other belt's more important. So that shit would have been twice as fire to hype that other belt. But no, we went double reverse the opposite direction and fucking shit on this motherfucker. Works 10 times less, makes 10 times more. Like, come on now. Like, nobody wearing his wife's clothes like you just fucking shitting on this man and everybody that's ever had any hopes and dreams or touched or was in that picture ever and then the rock doesn't like talk and like he hugs cody and like whispers in his ear and like and then the show just ends and like i don't know but my my saving grace graces here has it hasn't been like confirmed confirmed that it's that kind of match so maybe it doesn't happen that way i guess cody straight up said not at mania but like i don't know like i i'm just still believing that we're going to get swerved i just feel like they they got something else going on and we just don't know yet so the, there's there's a lot of things to unpack here so, first off, let's let's take it back to um, several months ago when we even talked about there are rumors that they want The Rock to break Hogan's record. Obviously, it's not an actual record. He would just move into se- second place because, I mean, Roman would have to have the belt until he's like 70 in order to break Bruno San Martino's record. I don't even remember what it is, but it's absurd, whatever his fucking record is. So, we had already talked about, is there a possibility that Cody doesn't finish the story? This possibility is, is starting to materialize. We were all mega hype when there was the possibility of Rock versus Roman. Like, on paper, that's the biggest match that they could have, period. And in a lot of ways, it could only happen at WrestleMania. I think that we would bitch no matter what wherever that match happened. So if it happened at Crown Jewel, they'd bitch about it not being in the States. If they did it at Elimination Chamber, they'd bitch about it not being at Mania. If they do it at Mania, we bitch about it not being Cody. The only way it would have worked is if Roman worked back-to-back nights, which apparently was never a possibility. So there's that whole aspect of it. And if they waited until next year's Mania, they would have bitched about, oh, well, now Roman doesn't have the belt anymore. It doesn't fucking work. There was almost no good way to do this. Now, there's also reports that WWE is monitoring very closely the reactions to this. The reactions are very clearly extremely poor. 
There's the whole hashtag we want Cody movement. That's like one of the top trending things on Twitter. There's several WWE people even coming out and saying like Ricochet, I think was one of them that tweeted out hashtag we want Cody. Um, uh, Matt Cardona, uh, <laughs> for whatever his fucking opinions worth when it comes to WWE, uh, has tweeted his support of Cody Rhodes. I'm sure there are significant amount of people backstage and within the company, uh, talent and and those alike that are very much behind Cody in this. Um, I would say that the future fans of WWE, the kids that are eight, nine, ten years old watching right now, they don't know shit about The Rock. They have no reason to be excited about this. They want Cody Rhodes versus The Rock. So do we end up in a, in, in a Brian Danielson situation here is my question to you. Yeah, I think I think we're right here, you know, seeing it with our own eyes. I I don't there's just no fucking way like there's just no way like I'd honestly have to think at this point like Cody is a bigger money match than The Rock. Like I I guess maybe for the mainstream eyes outside of WWE it's not, but like really like people are subscribing an extra $10 on Peacock or whatever the hell, like, I don't, I don't know about all that. Like, motherfuckers either got Peacock or you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't fucking know, dude, but, but it's, I, it's not about that. It's deeper than that. So we, we all saw this 150 million hitman, all these, these segments that the rock have been, dude, every single time there's viewed, there's ads viewed. That's ad revenue. Like it's so much bigger than just subscribing to Peacock. It's the fact that people don't even know or watch wrestling will tune into a fucking three minute long YouTube video where they can run eight goddamn ads into it. Like that's the the grand overall big picture of this. Plus, there's all the sponsorships that want to be tied into Rock. There's all the fact that I'm sure all the films that he's in want to go ahead and market when they're in there. Um, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Right there, man. It's just fucking money, corporate greed. It's just fucking wild. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. Um, and I don't, and I hope this doesn't end up with some stupid three-way situation either. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like, cause I guess that's the only way. I could see WWE now. I saw somebody else, you know, another online fantasy booking and, you know, put Cody in there, make it a three-way. And then now you still have The Rock. Cody can still win. You can have, you know, Cody pin Roman so that way you get that conclusion. And I don't know, maybe, but it's just not hitting the same. I, I'm eager to see what this stupid-ass press conference, WrestleMania kickoff or whatever the hell's going on. I'm eager to see what the hell that's about. Yeah, and and I don't think that's the only way out of it. I think the other way out of it is having Roman wrestle two nights. And I know that they're saying that that's not really a true possibility, this and that, and probably Roman won't be thrilled about it. But just be like, listen, dude, you're still going to get your fucking $15 million a year or whatever it is we fucking pay you, and you could take the whole next year off. Here's $15 million to wrestle two nights in a row is essentially what would be said here. There's there's no injury that you could go through that you can't rehab in in that time frame. You know what I mean? Like that's to me that's still the the best way out of this. Maybe not the best way for Roman Reigns, but still the best way out of it. You know, I don't see cuz there's no way Rock is taking the title off Roman. So Roman's winning the match. So, okay, if if Roman's going to win the match, then do Rock Roman night one, Cody Roman night two. I don't care if it's a fucking uh, uh, situation where, you know, Cody is fighting a compromised uh, Roman like we had talked about previously. Like, now that we're in the conundrum that we're in, that seems inconsequential to me at this point. So, uh, th- th- but that's the only two ways out of this without having tons of people sour on this is either do the triple threat which is kind of meh or have Roman wrestle two nights that's those are your choices is what it feels like 
Yeah, yeah, that's one hundred percent. I agree with you there. Um, that's the best options to have the two night thing. Cody can come out and just be like, "Oh, actually, I didn't fully say. We you know what I meant to say. I meant I'm not going. You know, for WrestleMania night one, and then you know it's actually night two. Whoa! Right, and everybody gets happy again. Um, people are also saying maybe this is a publicity stunt to completely distract everybody from uh Vince Brock mega drama. I mean that's that's a high likelihood too. Um but I did see reports from like Wrestling Observer or whatnot that a lot of this was decided like the day before morning of I guess Rock had been lobbying for this. Um and that you know the funny thing is I think that all of this is coincidental. I don't think that any of this has, like, there. there's legs to any of this. But it's funny because we've been having this Cody Punk stuff, and Cody's been talking about the pipe bomb promo a lot lately. And, like, what was the crux of that promo, if you recall? Was it in, like, I don't even remember. Wasn't it, like, people keep talking about, uh, was it The Rock or part-time people or John Cena? Yeah, it, it, about? it was, it was... CM Punk sitting Indian style. Uh, if you're still allowed to say that anymore, I don't know. Crisscross applesauce, whatever the fuck you're supposed to say at this point. Um, saying that, and it makes me sick to think that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania and not me. Well, it's funny how things work out. Yeah, they need to bring. Just have CM Punk like walk by Cody backstage and be like, you know, tell me when I'm telling lies or whatever the hell he was saying back in AW. <laughs> yeah, so this is this, uh, it's wild. Now, I I think um, nothing has actually been announced or confirmed. Technically, Cody didn't really say what he's doing. He did say that he's coming for the title. He did say, but not at WrestleMania. He didn't say who he's choosing or anything. So it's not like anything's been committed to. And even though when we had the stare down between Rock and Roman, they had the WrestleMania gra- graphic up, and they also had the whole press thing. You know, I, I, we'll learn more Thursday, no doubt, I'm sure. But, um... Nothing has actually been like announced or official or confirmed. The only official match is one that we're going to get to here shortly. Um, so it's still a fluid situation, would be my guess. Yeah, it's still. Uh, I mean, they they'll they'll fucking make it work, right? Like they've been on such a roll lately. They can't fumble this bad. There's something going. Like I said, there's got to be something else going on. I'm not gonna. I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. Yeah, I. I'm not. I'm not actually part of hashtag We Want Cody. I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I. I'm not for Rock Roman. I'm not against Rock Roman. Um, I do think that it sucks for Cody. I think that. I I I guess you could say I'm partially heartbroken for Cody and partially heartbroken for the young wrestling fan because like I said earlier like these 10-year-old kids like they don't have the connection to the rock that we have you know if anything they know him as Black Adam or whatever you know like whatever movie they recently saw him in they don't really know I mean, I'm sure there there are some uh, young wrestling savants that have gone back and watched Attitude Era stuff and whatnot, but for the most part, they don't. And like Cody Rhodes is really like one of the biggest wrestlers with kids that we've seen in a long, long time. So I, it sucks for the future of wrestling fans to think that this is probably like traumatic to their fandom experience. And 20 years later, you know, uh, we might not have podcasts. Maybe we'll have like brainwave casts or something. And like, it'll be a hop. Remember when Cody Rhodes was robbed by Dwayne Johnson? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be 20 years 
uh, 30 years, everybody's going to be sitting there with their Apple Vision 23s, and it's just going to be you, and you're going to be sitting right next to, you know, your favorite podcaster or host or whoever the hell is talking some bullshit, and you're all just going to be in, in your little virtual coffee lounge talking. That's you know, what the hell. And bitching about the shit that happened and how they swerved America. Yeah, maybe this is going to turn into Cody Rhodes for president. I'd vote for him. Oh, fuck it, why not? Um, all right, so that was that was wild ass segment number one to address. Wild ass segment number two to address. So right before we get into this segment, we get a little backstage shot of the, the damage control clubhouse. And we've got uh, Eo, Asuka, and Kyrie. They're all talking. Honestly, I couldn't tell if they were speaking in Japanese or English because I just couldn't understand what it was regardless, other than the last part where they're saying, Bailey is done tonight. And then the camera kind of pans over, and we see that Bailey was listening and watching this whole interaction. And then immediately we end up with Bailey coming out. Uh, Dakota Kai is noticeably absent. It's just the same girls that were there before, Io, Asuka, and Kyrie tagging along with her. Um, and this is where she's going to make her announcement of who she's choosing for WrestleMania. She gets on the mic, says that, you know, she's defended every title there is essentially in the WWE at WrestleMania. But one thing that she's never done is she's never went in with a group behind her. And I was I was trying to like rack my brains about like four horsewomen stuff. Like I thought she did, but maybe she didn't. I don't know. Um, talks about damage control being family and, and sticking together. And she talks about maybe picking Rhea Ripley or maybe picking someone else. Sometimes it's personal. Sometimes it's proving people wrong and sometimes the people who you thought were your friends aren't she turns and confronts damage control she speaks in japanese to them and they look like they saw a ghost she says yeah i picked it up from all the times that you were all talking from uh, talking about me behind my back bailey's been around for a minute she ain't blind she knows what's been going on and she just asks them why uh Ultimately, Kyrie and Asuka jump Bailey from behind. Eo's kind of like cheering them on. Uh, but Bailey, savvy veteran that she is, was prepared and had a pipe hidden in the, the entrance ring stairs and pulls it out to fight back. Uh, she takes out the Kabuki Warriors and has a little stare down or, you know, uh, uh, a. Uh, batting stance off <laughs> with EO Sky. And uh, she tells EO that she'll see her at WrestleMania. So this is the first official match that we have for Mania. And this whole turn kind of happened a little bit quicker than I expected. Yeah, honestly, I wasn't expecting it to just come out like this. Um, after that Raw segment and she said she would make her decision on Friday, I mean, I was I thought that Dakota would be here and Dakota was going to come back healthy and turn on her and be the, you know, the, the proverbial dagger in her back, right? Like, I thought Dakota was going to do that while the rest of Damage Control was laughing. Um, I don't know where Dakota was. I uh, For a second, I thought she was going to come out and save Bailey. But I hope they follow up with like damage control took out Dakota and they plan to take out Bailey that same night. But, you know, Bailey was ahead on the game or whatever, but she didn't know about Dakota. And Dakota was, you know, we find out next week that she was beaten up in the parking lot, like, you know, before the show started or some shit. I do wish Dakota was there. Because I wanted for Bailey to come out and be like, yeah, I do speak Japanese. And then call out Dakota, you haven't been hearing shit that they've been, you know, you don't understand shit. <laughs> like, that would have been fucking hilarious. Um, and also, there's no way she just picked that up. That was like fucking perfect Japanese. That's not some shit you pick up in three months. Stop it. Yeah. And, you know, this is actually, uh, all along, I thought, 
Dakota Kai was going to be the backstabber and she was going to like more or less take over as the leader of damage control. But now, I don't know. I think that maybe Dakota might actually side with Bailey and and things could get really interesting and then we just have Kabuki Warriors and EO together in their own little stable. I don't know if they would continue calling themselves damage control or not. Um I don't know. It's going to be real interesting to see where Dakota goes because maybe Dakota goes with Bailey and then maybe Tegan knocks and Natty finally spit up and Tegan goes with Dakota and then we get Bailey, Dakota Kai, and uh, uh, Tegan Knox. Now, I, that's a stable I'd actually be really excited about. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Huggers and Team Kick or something like that. Like, I don't know. The, the, the Kick Huggers. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It'll 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 get there. But yeah, I, I could really I could really get behind that. Um, let's get some more good women around Bailey. That'll and that will uplift a returning Dakota after an injury. You know, people will care about her, and we can maybe get a little bit less natty on our screens. Yeah. See, this is this is a win 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 situation. But speaking of winners, who's winning this match? Uh, Bailey, of course. I agree. I, I think she's going to go on a wild-ass face run. I don't think she's going to have the belt for like a year or so. You know, I maybe she'll manage to hang on to it until like Survivor Series or something. I don't know, but um, money in the bank, who knows. Uh, but I, I think she's going to go on a nice little face run he, here and, and really... Uh, because she's been on this heel run for a long time. So I, I think she's going to enjoy some crowd love for a little bit. Yeah, I can't wait. I hope they bring back. We'll see what this face run looks like. Because the last Bailey we had, she had all the wacky, the noodle waving, guys. Yeah, wacky waving inflatable arm tube bin or whatever the hell they were called. And I'm just eager to see, like, is that coming back? Which I'm down. I'm all down for, right? But it's like... I just I feel like so. she's kind of uh yeah, I'm, I really hope so. I, I want to see like then she's got Tegan and Dakota, they're all doing a dance or something. I just don't want to see the uh Bailey to Belly. I, I was never a fan of that finisher. Yeah, but like Bailey's kind of iconic. Like she I don't know, she can't really change it at this point. She can. Everybody's adapted, changed things up. Everybody can do anything. Seth Rollins had a pedigree. Then he was like, actually, I'm a stomp, guys. You know, people could change things up. Like a yeah. Karrion Cross. Yeah, but Karrion Cross needed to be reinvented. I don't think Bailey needs to be reinvented. Listen, it ain't a great finisher. I ain't gonna lie. But, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe she will like only do it off the turnbuckle now or something. Yeah, like if you're going up high with it, I mean if it's just like your classic Drew Bailey to Bailey, like I don't know. Like she can do something with it. Like even if it's like a back like do it the other way. Do do it like a backdrop and hold it for the bridging pin or something. Like it's just not not work unless it's like an arm trap suplex maybe you know you trap the arms in the front and that's even more dangerous but it's like that'd be so sick nasty i don't know see but now that i'm thinking about it it's 100 going to come off the top turnbuckle because it's going to be like eo goes up there to hit like something and then she climbs up there and they fight on the top turnbuckle and then she hits the bailey to belly yeah and she's just gonna like through the fucking ring it's gonna be nasty now, with all the personal stuff, do you think this is going to be a straight match or you think it's going to be an Extreme Rules match? No, it's going to be a straight-up match. Nah, I, I could see it going either way. I wouldn't be disappointed with either. Um, We're either going to have something leading up to the match where the Kabuki Warriors get banned or barred from ringside or... They're going to try to interfere in the match, and then we're going to get like Dakota and Tegan or the return of Mercedes Bonet or something like that. And then we're going to get a giant pop from the crowd as Bailey hits her top rope, Bailey to belly, and breaks EO's back. And we don't see EO for like, you know, until like Survivor Series. 
Yeah. You know, what's, what's funny in all of this is like, I think we're going to have a WrestleMania where neither winner of the Royal Rumble is going to be main eventing. Yeah. Like, I, I do, like, I think night one should be Bailey EO. Night two can be Rock and Roman. You can put Seth and Drew on. There's no way that if, if we have Rhea Ripley, Becky, there's no way that Bailey EO is main eventing over Rhea Becky. There's no way. Uh, yeah, we'll see how they because this was a really I like I feel like this was a, such an underrated statement. It was just outshined by the bullshit of the Cody Rock Roman stuff. I feel like this actually was segment of the night um because this was really fucking good. I like where the story was going. There was fucking emotion in this shit and if they continue making us care I would rather again Bailey needs that WrestleMania main event, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I I want that more than Becky getting another one and honestly even Rhea. Like I'd rather see Rhea in a main event with Jade, Bianca, Charlotte, who's that who's that chick? Camille, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean at this point, you know what? Fuck it. WrestleMania's already fucked up enough, like Fuck it, dude. It, it, let let's have uh let's have Valhalla and Maxine main event while we're at it. You know, just just fuck it. Stop, dude. It, only if she wears the antlers, though. Maybe. <laughs> well, no, she can't lose if she wears the antlers, though. And we need Maxine to win. We need to have Maxine be the only one to beat her while wearing the antlers, like Finn Balor demon mode. Yeah, that's still one of the biggest fumbles by WWE is like actually letting Finn lose as demon. Yeah. I wonder if he'll bring it back. I don't he he's like getting dwindled to the point where like I don't know how much he has left because like he he's he's wrestling once every like 3 months at this point. Speaking of which, we, we are going to have a title defense uh, of their belts coming up here, which we'll find out the challenger shortly. But to, it'll come down between a, uh, the winner of a Fatal 4-Way in this show and, and a similar Fatal 4-Way that's going to happen on the Raw side of things. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. That's going to be defended at Elimination Chamber. Um. All right, so uh, one other segment, big segment that we had opens up the show. Um, honestly, not really a whole lot to be said for it. It's Logan Paul. It's Kevin Owens. It's Logan Paul being Logan Paul, talking shit about winning, talking shit about the fact that he set KO up for the knuckles and, you know, being the big dummy he is. He took his bait. You know, Logan Paul plays chess and, and – uh KO plays goldfish, son. And, uh, yeah, KO is superior. Um, Logan Paul pretty much never wants to see him in the ring again, so clearly he's, he's uh, afraid of KO. Probably the best line of this whole thing was like, uh, you, you're too close to me, your breath smells horrible, and KO's like, yo, I bathed in prime before I came out here. Logan Paul's just saying, well... It must not have been cherry freeze because that's delicious. That's that, <laughs> that's really all I have on this segment. I I think that was a shoot. Like I think they both were just ad libbing right there. And yeah, that was fucking amazing that they. And I don't even know how you like. I wouldn't have been able to hold it together. Like just popping that shit off right there. This this jumped uh jumped right into a match. Uh, my 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 one comment on this shit. Why? Did Logan Paul keep saying, I tried to, like, I did this to set you up? I figured if you're talking about setting him up, you're talking about, like, showing, you know, a constant behavior from Kevin Owens that he cheats. And that is why he can't have a rematch. But it didn't lead into that. He just, oh, set him up, I guess, to lose. And I was like, that's kind of dumb to just 
set yourself up to get fucking punched in the face by brass knuckles. I don't know about all that, brother. But Oh, it, it's just one of those things of like he meant to cheat and win, but it didn't end up his way, and he doesn't want to admit that it didn't go the way that he wanted to. So he's just going to claim that it happened exactly how he planned it all. Well, yeah, exactly. So like, it's just Logan Paul being fucking typical dumb heel tactic stuff. I don't know. The guy gets on my nerves, but I will say he puts on a show in the ring. So as long as he keeps doing that, I'll keep tolerating him. Um, But yeah, this match that we have is KO versus Austin Theory. Yeah, and get get used to him because I believe he's advertised for every SmackDown until the Chamber. He's probably having another match at the Chamber. Honestly, he should defend this bitch in the Chamber. Um, I think I think that's the best slot for a U.S. title and Chamber match. Like, well, I guess I guess we kind of have the Chamber to need it to be a a qualifier for who fights Seth. I guess that's what we had to use it for. But I mean, I honestly, not against Cody. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, I don't, I don't even care. Like, I'd rather see Logan in the chamber. I feel like he would do some wild stuff. Maybe we could get Ricochet back. We got to get Montez in there. God, I feel bad for Montez, man. But we'll get into that later. Um, I brief, brief review of this match. It wasn't too bad. Um, you know, it's fucking Theory and Kevin Owens. So honestly, they're they're both pretty good workers. I'm I'm growing on Theory, so I didn't hate him. Waller was very not noticed during you know, like for what it normally is. They didn't really come into play until towards the end of the match. Um, it was a pretty you know even back and forth match. A lot of uh, Kevin Owens hitting his shit, throwing up his suckets, you know, headlock city. He had this man in a headlock for like five minutes to start the match. Uh, Theory was in there, you know, putting his knees up to counter swantons and sentons. And eventually he hit like a try to do a fucking giant, you know, the roll into the big blockbuster, which was pretty nasty. But eventually we get to the cheating factor. Uh, the brass nugs gets slid into the ring to Austin Theory. He grabs him, but then Kevin Owens steals him or steals the brass knuckles and then takes out uh, Theory. And then he takes out Waller as well. And the whole time, Logan Paul is just bitching. And the ref is like, get off the apron. And then Kevin tosses the knuckles and he gets the victory and then, you know, tries to chase down Logan Paul after the match and he takes off. But it's just more. Like we're we're gonna see a faction of Theory Waller and Logan Paul. Like it, that just seems inevitable. Kevin Owens just feels like he's gonna win that belt eventually, but Logan's running until then. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but we're starting to run the risk of at least me getting fucking tired of this shit. Like the this it it's one of these things of like the LWO situation, the LWO and, and the Legata del Fantasma, like, it's dragged on for a long-ass time, and it just keeps on going off. Now, this is better because pretty much literally all the wrestlers are better, but and, and it's Kevin Owens, but the shelf life is, is starting to get very short here, I feel like. You know, like, we, it, it, we're... We're shit or get off the pot territory. And like this either needs to culminate in KO winning the belt at Mania or not. And and just be over with it. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I don't even want this to go that long. Like, honestly, we need to come back next week. And Logan Paul needs to have something from Nick Aldis saying that like Kevin Owens is no longer allowed to challenge Logan Paul to a one-on-one match for the u.s championship and kevin's like oh no that sucks and paul's like haha i got him and then paul gets cocky or maybe he gets cocky and then all this was like but i know you mentioned you know wanting to be in australia and hype things up so i thought the best thing to do with a star of your magnitude because he was paul was in there you know interrupting bianca talking about he was the real superstar and 
all just had to stop and be like, you know, I, I know you're the real superstar, Bianca, right? So something to, you know, go back to that. But be like a superstar of your magnitude, Paul. We're going to put you to defend your title in the chamber. And we get our qualification matches. And as we get the final person, it ends up being Kevin Owens. And then he wins it at the chamber. And then Logan Paul's like, what? He can't do that. But then the contract didn't stop that. That's what I'd like to see. And then have Kevin Owens go into Mania against I don't know who, but I'd, I don't want to prolong this. Because, yeah, it's just going to end up like a Cody, Shinsuke, Seth, and Shinsuke. You know, Shinsuke and Ricochet or whatever the hell I have. Like, shit that we did not need to see <laughs> as much as we saw it. Yeah, basically anything Shinsuke. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they do that to him? Like, why Why was his name the first three feuds I could think of that were way <laughs> too long? What the hell? Because if you think about it, it's like we've said in the past, he's the ultimate filler feud guy at this point of, I mean, I don't even consider the Shinsuke Ricochet thing. Like, it's mostly the Shinsuke Seth and Shinsuke Cody thing of like, well, we need we need to have some reason to have these top stars on the show. So we got to have them feud with somebody and we can't have them feud with anybody too big because then that needs to be all PLE stuff. It needs to be super serious. And you know, uh, Shinsuke, Shinsuke, let's, let's use Shinsuke. Um, but man, you're really in love with this, like the U S title on the line in the chamber thing has, I don't even think that's ever happened. Has it? I think somebody defended a belt in there one time. I think that's happened before. That, that's probably why that's on my head. But I just like that because it's like whoever wins it, it just adds onto your name. It gives a lot of wrestlers an opportunity. It double fills a slot. We don't got to go another pay-per-view without seeing a U.S. title defense. And we don't have to worry about you know what we're going to do for the chamber. This this carries everything we can get competitors from both brands people that we don't normally see like montez you know what i'm saying to like i just feel like this it would be and it's in australia with the giant crowd give some of these people again you know that don't get those big ass reactions they're gonna get one you know what i'm saying because they will be the biggest stars you you're they're gonna treat them like the biggest stars on this show and that'll show like I'm just going to say it again, Montez, you know what I'm saying? He needs to have his singles push, right? Like, let this be another start. Like, he popped off in the last chamber he was in. Let him uh, let him soar. I got I got words. I got words for Montez. I watched, like, the first two episodes of that uh, that TV show. And I'm like, I keep, like, they we were hyping him up, what, like, you know, at the start of all this shit, because it was like, looked like it was going to be his time, and then he disappeared off the map, like the Avatar. Yeah, because he he showed the fuck out last elimination chamber and like I I was like a casual Tez fan at that point. Like I like the dude. Um you know, he's jacked, he does cool stuff in the ring. Uh he's kind of funny sometimes, but last elimination chamber, he showed the fuck out. I wanted I was rooting for him to win that thing. Like, he climbed all the way up to the fucking top and flew off. Like, dude was a psycho in that. Um, and Last Chamber was what made me, like, become an actual Tez fan. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't think we have enough time to build Tez winning the U.S. belt right now. But, fuck, man. Like, that, that'd be a great slot for him. He. And imagine like a one-on-one -on -one match with Tez and Paul. Like that would be fun too. Uh, Do we have that before? I don't think so. No, but I think we're building to that because like you were talking about in that segment, Paul's, uh, well, Bianca's talking to, to Aldis and then Paul interrupts and is disrespecting Bianca. But at the end, he's like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of your husband's. So I'm like, this kind of opens the door for Tez to be like, yo, you were disrespecting my woman. Like, I, I appreciate that you're a fan and all, but I can't be having that. Yeah, if they, if they run it like that, like this, like right now, it's money on top of money. You just came out with the fucking TV show about this guy. I got to think that. Got to push this, him. Yeah. And like, like his woman is, she ain't even got a slot at WrestleMania. 
but she's at the WrestleMania kickoff press conference or whatever that we were just talking about. Like Bailey's not even fucking advertised for that shit, but Bianca is. And like what like it's gotta be they gotta give the man something. Yeah, and and you know, I'm really starting to think that um all right, so I'm gonna lump lump a few things in right now. So we had a whole bunch of stuff with Nick Aldis making decisions for SmackDown. So we we sign Naomi and Tiffy time to SmackDown. Tiffy picks a fight with Mi Chin, which we get in a match later not. And Aldis and Pierce are fighting over who's going to be signing Braun Breaker. And then Jade Cargill walks in to discuss options with Aldis, who kicks Pierce out. So I'm like, we're getting Jade to SmackDown and we're getting Jade Bianca for Mania. So that's why, now that's why I'm starting to think Bianca is going to be at that event is because Bianca is going to have a match for WrestleMania. I don't think it's going to be announced that it's going to be Jade Cargill yet, but I feel pretty strongly that we're going to get, and it's going to be nothing on the line. Neither is going to have a belt, but um, Jade Bianca WrestleMania. Is it too soon for that? No, they should. They should start the show on night two. All right, like they they should open open the show with that. Um, wow, I I didn't even like connect those dots. You know, watching this right now, but that's actually it. If if that's not what they're doing, that's another fumble. Yeah, and, I, and that's man. We get those two in the ring together. Like that is a beautiful picture of the future of the WWE. Like, dude, we've got Rhea Ripley, Jade Cargill, and Bianca Belair, and like it honestly doesn't matter who. Like Becky's getting older she ain't gonna you know this may be the last big run of becky's for all we know charlotte's getting older i don't doubt her because she's just a fucking machine but she is getting older like those three women are like the pillars of the women's division moving forward it's fucking incredible yeah it's insane and i and i like a little bit of setup um with these oldest segments um between the Tiffy, Naomi, Michin stuff, she just slapped her and ran away, which was really funny. Uh, they were online, um, Tiffany Stratton and Naomi tweeting at each other. So I think that's a feud that we'll see um, in the future as well to showcase both superstars once again. But it was something to like. Tiffany tweeted like, oh, I don't like the color green, but somehow you pull it off. And then Naomi was like, you know, she complimented her, but in like a backhanded kind of compliment. It was kind of cute to see. You know what I'm saying? I kind of like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I'll, I hope we get Breaker to Raw because it looked like he was about to sign with SmackDown. Then he was like, don't worry, I'll talk with you, Aldis. And then when Jade Cargo got in there, Aldis was about to whoop uh, Adam Pierce's ass. He was like, get the hell out. All right, you're not messing this one up. <laughs> All right, so if you were... A GM of one of the shows, who would you rather have, Braun Breaker or Jade Cargill? You only get one, and then the other one goes to the other show. I'll take Jade Cargill right now. I'll wait. Uh, I'll let Braun do his thing for a year on Raw, and then I'll uh, get him in the draft next year. That, that's a smart move right there. I think Jade has the bigger immediate draw, but over time, Braun Breaker has the potential to be... Roman Reigns level, Cody Rhodes level, Seth Rollins level, you know, top top men's belt draw. And I think what's going to be nice is we're likely going to see some NXT title defenses on Raw because they have to be winning those belts soon. Yeah. That's I yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see. Um, we, we've got Vengeance Day that some of that stuff may shake out there, and and we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. So one of the matches that I kind of tease is we have a tag team Fatal Four Way. We're gonna have one on SmackDown and then one on Raw, and then the winners of each of those are going to face off next SmackDown. 
And then the winner of that is going to face Judgment Day for the titles at Elimination Chamber. So for the SmackDown Fatal 4-Way tonight, we had British Strong Style, Pretty Deadly, LWO, and Legato Del Fantasma. Yes, boy. I like this announced team with um, Corey Graves and Wade Barrett because they, when Yes, Boy came out, both of them, they were like, both of them were so excited. And I was like, that's perfect. That's just perfect. And then we had like a weird little backstage vignette or whatever of Logato just, you know, chilling, drinking wine, talking about this is, you know, my heart is filled with joy. I think this could be the next bloodline bullshit depending on how much they want to push it. Because you could easily turn this Legato LWO shit once they eradicate LWO or whatever the hell. I can see Santos, you know, doing some Roman shit and trying to make the cousins turn on each other and attacking one. And we get Umberto going baby face to try to save his cousin. Like, that could be the same. They, they could just run it back. You know what I'm saying? People would be like, oh, wow, how'd they, how'd they do so good? Um, but this match was kind of all the fuck over the place because you know, it's just a fucking four way. But it was very fun. Um, fucking, they tried to do that uh, springboard Joaquin Wild shit, and man, Jay were just like, it hit. It was good, and he he didn't. I don't think he got as much air as he did last time. Um, I thought it was kind of cheesy when he was telling Pete Dunn like, "You want to go viral." Like, guy, like we don't, we don't, you don't got to talk like that. And then Pete Dunn never even did the shoulder shrug. Like he should have hit him with the shoulder shrug. Like, eh, I guess I could go viral. Like that would have made that spot even better. And also would have been better if maybe he almost didn't land on his feet before he hit the crowd. Uh, he almost didn't fucking make it. Um, we had Electra Lopez uh, randomly trying to get in there, but then Zelina just starts beating her ass on the outside. Uh, Pete Dunn was doing his Pete Dunn stuff, breaking fingers, tossing fools, kicking fools. Uh, Tyler Bate hit his little airplane spin. That's the fastest I've ever seen that man spin in my life. He was actually going crazy. They ended up hitting their combo Tyler driver on pretty deadly for the uh, one, two, three. And it looks like they're moving on to face the next team that wins the four-way on Monday. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe DIY? Uh, I, 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 got, I got theories here. Okay, so I have two theories. I think whoever wins Raw is going to win the match and go on. And I think that it's either going to be the awesome truth or, spoiler, the tag team that won the Dusty Cup. Okay. Okay. Well, what are we going to unify all the tag belts now when they fucking win the NXT ones too? Like, I didn't say that they were going to beat Judgment Day. Oh, sheesh. I, I think whoever wins has to beat, like, I think this is the end of Judgment Day. Chamber has to be the end of them because then it's the awesome truth. Oof, that's crazy. And then Truth was online posting uh, <laughs> like the definition of being jumped in into a gang. And he's like, I'm definitely in the Judgment Day now. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, God. And somebody's like, I don't remember JD getting jumped in. And he's like, because he was never in the Judgment Day, bro. I'm like, yep. Uh, no, because I, I think... all right. If they're going to lose, then it's going to be the awesome truth, and they're going to be pissed, and, and truth is going to be like, what you mean? The belts are still in the judgment day. They ain't left, right? And then we're going to actually have a slight change of heart from Priest, who starts acting like truth is in the judgment day now because he's got the belts, and they want the belts in the judgment day. And it's like, then we're going to get the divide of the people who want truth in there and the ones who don't. Yeah, then we're, we're going to get the awesome, infamous truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is... Uh, all right. 
I, my thing is I just don't see it being British strong style, unfortunately. Yeah, they're not uh they're not going all the way. I was just thinking of who would put on a good match with them. Um so I thought, you know, D all the like newer raw teams, DIY, yeah, Creed Brothers, Alpha. Ooh, Creed Brothers is a good shout. Um I really hope that they're in this actually. But yeah, um DIY just lost and I understand put on a good match. But this whole R-Truth thing is probably one of the hottest fucking things in the WWE right now. For sure, for sure. I just... They're just going to bury fucking Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. They're going to lose to The Miz. Ah, yikes. There have been greater people than Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne to lose to The Miz. Just saying. Grand Slam champion. Didn't he a two-time Grand Two Slam? Two-time, <laughs> yeah, two-time. Like, that's just the craziest thing to say, man. Like, if Miz can do it, everybody in the world, if Miz can be a two-time Grand Slam champion, you can do anything you put your mind to. Like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, all right, so teams that were not in this, surprisingly, um, we had... The final testament versus Lashley and the Prophets. Kind of? Sort of? What the fuck was this? Like, they didn't, I don't think they ever rang the bell. They just, they, the final testament came out first. The Street Prophets and, or Bobby's Boys, I don't even know what the hell they were calling this group of people anymore. They jump into the ring, they just start fighting. The Street Prophets end up on the outside with AOP. It's just Cross and Bobby, and, and but the bell didn't ring, but I thought it was. And then he hits the big slam dunk spine buster, tries to get him in the hurt lock. But then Scarlet jumps in there, rakes his eyes. And then out of nowhere, B-Fab shows up, hits the big-ass pump kick, takes out Scarlet. Pushes Bobby, who dodges carrying cross, hits the spear. AOP pulls cross out of the ring. And then Final Testament's on the outside looking. And then the Pride, or whatever they're called, are on the inside looking. And they're just yelling at each other. And then we had a uh, it cut. And then it was like, well, we have... Uh, brought to you from Credit One Bank. The one match to go. And I was like... Wait, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, I I don't really understand any of what happened. the The only thing that I really have to say about this is like, this is the first time I noticed. So I'm gonna definitely watch going forward. Like, what's wrong with carrying cross that he can't like hold the ropes for his girl? She needs to fall and pray. Right? He doesn't hold the ropes because she needs to go underneath the bottom rope. He said, "Fall and pray." He said. <laughs> yeah this was just a whole clusterfuck situation and like i didn't really need b-fab involved because like it's not like scarlet's gonna wrestle so like i i don't know if we're gonna get one of these shit ass matches of like valhalla and maxine I, I don't know what the fuck is gonna happen with this and when i saw that this match was happening i thought to myself like Wow, this is this is coming together a little quicker than I thought. Usually it's, you know, okay, we're going to we're going to have like Dawkins versus one of the guys in the AOP. And then and then we're going to have Tez and Dawkins versus AOP. And then we're going to have Bobby just squash one of the guys. And you know what I mean? Like the the casual fucking build up of like 18 matches before, you know, and this was going to be the second to last match and then we're going to get Bobby carrying cross. Um which still may be what we get because this match didn't actually happen, but yeah, it, it, the fact that it was happening already was kind of a red flag. Yeah, I don't know why they wasted our time with this. Um I I feel bad for the parties involved because it probably was supposed to be a match and they probably told him before the show like, "Hey, we got to cut y'all guys shit short." Uh, so just go out there and look at each other menacingly and then uh, call it a day. So that's kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, so we're, needless to say, we're going to get more of this and hopefully we'll have better things to say about it. Um, all right, we got one match left. We had 
the debut, the singles match debut of Tiffany Stratton versus Mi Chin. It is officially Tiffy time. What she said randomly in the match, and Corey Graves was like, "It's Tiffy time." Like, so they, that's yeah, they got to make that a thing now. Um, we had Meechin coming out there. She was uh, supported by the OC, who let her come to the ring by herself. There are, I want that kind of paycheck. You just a couple backstage segments. I don't got to come with you to the ring. I show up, you know, once or twice a month. Like that's that's not Roman money, but you know, I'll take some OC money. Shit, right? Uh, shout out Tiffy. I like this new outfit. Embracing the SmackDown blue with still the touch of pink. I thought this was a really nice outfit change that she had going on here tonight. Um, but yeah, uh, for the majority of the match, she was just kind of getting her fucking ass beat by Mi Chin. Uh, it was kind of disgusting. Uh, she hit like an assisted lung blower and Tiffy got her foot on the ropes and she tried. Eventually it was getting towards the end of the match. Uh, Mia Michin was about to finish things off with the eat defeat. Tiffy cheats, pulls the hair, does like a fucking half cartwheel, make almost like somebody would grab you like a power bomb, but like jumps into power like the taker of the power bomb position on Michin into like from like some weird half cartwheel just to pick her up on her back and hit her with this nasty ass. Alabama Slam, and then they were like formerly a member of Team USA. I was like, has this chick been in the Olympics? Like, I, I didn't Google it, but that's what they said on commentary, and I was like, hold the fucking phone. Like, that's some, you know, you get some props on your name you support in America, right? Um, but she eventually picks her up, hits the rolling DV or you know, the forward roll, uh, senton, basically Death Valley driver, but forward. Into the prettiest moonsault ever. Beautiful moonsault overshot just a little bit. Still got the one, two, three. Yeah, she basically just like planted her own face in the Michin stomach instead of like connected fully. But hey, it still looks good. Um, happy that she's up on the main roster. I think this was honestly Michin was probably the perfect first opponent for her because it had to be somebody that she could beat, but at the same time, somebody that could go and match her a little bit. Um, so I, I thought it was pretty well booked, uh, props to Nick Aldis, even though I'm sure it wasn't actually him in reality, but, uh, you know, props anyway. Um, yeah, I think that we're, we're in for a nice little, uh, stretch here of, of Tiffy time. I, I think it'll probably be a bit before she gets to climb her way up the ranks. I don't know. Who who would she face next? I don't think they're gonna go. Maybe Zelina Vega, possibly. Um, she might even continue this Meechin feud as she works her way into the chamber. I see her being part of the chamber this year because I want to see that moonsault off the top of a chamber. That would be pretty dope. I know you were saying Naomi earlier. My only thing against that is like, well. Naomi's been in the WWE for an extended period of time. So, like, I I just wouldn't want both, like, I guess Tiffy just had her first match and she won. So, I guess she could lose if she had to, but I wouldn't want Naomi to lose her first match back. And I don't want Tiffany to lose yet. So, I that one I kind of want to hold off for. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that'll be like, Something that we might see more of after Chamber, you know, that I could see that being like a main event on SmackDown after Mania or something, you know? Yeah, that's like a back pocket feud that they can dig up. Um, I didn't write down everybody that was there um, in that beginning segment when they signed the contract. So I guess because it was me, Chin, Naomi, was Zelina Vega there? I'm trying to think of the girls that were there. Like maybe, oh, Shotzi was one of Shotzi. them. I think. Okay, yeah, Tiffy, Tiffy Shotzi. I actually think that's a really good, good booking right there for her next match. For sure. But all right, I think we'll save NXT for when we go through Vengeance Day, since that's actually happening currently as we're recording this. Uh, we watched most of it already, but yeah, we'll we'll take care at nxt in its own show this week coming up here shortly so you know what my dog take us home 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And one one final thing. Uh, shout out Booker T getting some random surgery. So we hope he's uh, he recovers well from that. But we do thank you all for yeah, allowing man. us allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. Uh, we will catch you next time with an NXT double special. Uh, but until then, y'all stay safe. Deuces, deuces. Peace.